Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, we're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, where we bring you Christmas spirit 365 days a year with movies and also TV shows, like tonight, with the episodes of Friends, Christmas episodes. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. And how are y'all doing? Good. I've got some, some jealousy and envy going on tonight, guys. Oh yeah, why? I hope you guys feel the love, because tonight I am home. Instead of at the Modest Mouse concert. Oh, <laughs> um, that's and dedication. I'm feeling really jealous because my wife met Isaac Brock today. He was in her shop and um, I was not that there. That is so cool. It is. Is he a cool guy? She said he was really cool down to earth and he bought a bunch of jewelry making supplies to make jewelry for his friends. Oh, supporting that's awesome. local business. Right. I love it. That makes me like him a lot more. Me too. I've been listening to Modest Mouse. You should Mouse. come on our show sometime. If I'd been there, I would have asked him. Yeah. <laughs> And you guys send him home with a sticker. When we have the no, I believe it. When we have the celebrities <laughs> in our shop, I plan on asking them if they want to talk Christmas movies. Heck yeah! I'm just never there when they're there. <laughs> oh, wah, wah. Isn't that always the case? Like, just your luck, guys. I'm I'm cool. I promise. <laughs> I met Chris Isaac on the streets in Seattle once. Ooh. Yeah, he gave me a hug and I got a picture with him. <gasps> I was like, a hug from Chris Isaac. Video. Yeah, he was super stinky. <laughs> he's very handsome have you had any brushes with celebrity anthony living in living in new york uh, i've had a few and pl- i interned at rolling stone magazine as well so i <gasps> met a few what i never told you That's guys that. Cool. no no this is the first time this is coming up yeah i interned there for six months after college and uh they let you go to all the meet and greets of the celebrities which is awesome Wow. That's so cool. But I'm sure since you're working for Rolling Stone, you probably couldn't fanboy out as much as you normally would. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. They were very strict about that. Anthony couldn't <laughs> scream like a girl when he saw Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I, met, I met the whole cast of Parks and Rec. <gasps> oh, why are Dude. we talking about musicians? There were, <laughs> I, would, I would scream like a girl if I met <gasps> Adam Scott and That's amazing. Aubrey Plaza and all of them. <laughs> Oh if, if you scroll through my profile pictures on Facebook, there's a picture of me and Ron Swanson in there. I'm going to have to stock that later. And I can't <laughs> believe that's not on your profile right now. Oh, why isn't it always on your profile? I would never, I would never take it down. <laughs> I just put a picture of Ron Swanson. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's cool. We digress a lot. My story's on here is cool. Well, so speaking of friends and cool experiences, let's also discuss... The show, friends. Um, first off, I want to know your histories with the show in general. Anthony, Tom, whoever, what's your history? I watched Friends in high school and college. Um, I was in that that right generation there. 
Um, she's a little younger than the target demographic, but uh, it was still pretty funny. And then um, right after they, the show ended, I wanted to get Christine all the um, episodes of Friends on DVD. And season 10 hadn't come out yet, but um, I found it on eBay. And we get it, and the box is like half in Chinese. <laughs> season 10 just has, you know, the TV um, channel logo on all the episodes. And oh um, they added subtitles that are in English in addition to the already English audio for some reason. And uh, on more than one occasion, um, they, well, throughout the entire episode, it was the, the translation was bad. But there were a lot of naughty words that were put in there that was, <laughs> were not in the original script of Friends, but made the episode that much funnier. How about you, Anthony? Yeah, I got into Friends in middle school, watched it in middle school. It ended when I was in high school. I always really liked Friends. I felt it maybe went on a season or two too long for my liking. And they had a little too many clip shows toward the end. But yeah, I really liked Friends. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there for now. <laughs> Pretty much the same story as y'all. I liked watching it all through college. My my roommates in the dorm next door, which is now one of my best friends, we would get together every Friday, order a pizza, and watch Friends. And it was a lot of fun. And um, it's to this day, the most quotable thing in our house between Marty and I, we can always find a friend's quote for everything. Um, so I love it. I'm real nostalgic about it. So, so in England, when I lived over there, obviously this was when friends had been off the air for a few years, but like they are still obsessed with that show over there. Really? I mean, they always, they always were like, even when the show was on the air. So the, when Ross gets married in London, that whole plot line came up because the like England pitched it to pitched, hey, come over here and shoot an episode. So they designed it because England wanted them to come here there and shoot an episode. Huh. Oh my gosh. Was Emily created for England too? Yeah. It was all to oh. get over there and shoot an episode of London. So they wow. so England loves this show and still loves it. At least up in Newcastle they do, but yeah. You know, the, they did the same thing for Tulsa. We are like, you guys have a big following here. You need to come film in Tulsa. <laughs> sure. That, that Is that the way it went? <laughs> no, they didn't, well, show a lot of, the- they didn't show a lot of Tulsa love. So I, I doubt Tulsa was uh, mm-hmm. as excited yeah. by that. Yeah, actually, Sarah wanted me to ask you that, guys. Ask you guys that. Like, how did you feel that they weren't, didn't show a lot of Tulsa love? I don't know. I didn't expect them to really. <laughs> I just wish they would have, I wish they would have researched Tulsa a little bit more. It's kind of how you feel about New York, you know, when they get it wrong, they get it wrong. And they just made Tulsa out to be kind of like, you know, kind of a bunch of hicks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that when we get to that episode. Pretty much what I thought of the place till I met you guys. So nice. You guys changed my mind. I didn't mean that like (laughs) as an insult. I'm just saying like my impression of Tulsa before I met you guys was through friends. So. Well, for those of you who are not familiar with the show, uh, it's directed and written by David Crane and Marta Kaufman, and that's what they're primarily known for. Do we know what else they've done? I didn't even look it up because, frankly, I see their names and I think friends. Marta Kaufman produced Veronica's Closet and Jesse and Dream On, and David Crane, and the Friends is his big credit. So there you go. He's, done he's, done, he's written books too, right? Is he an author? Am I crazy? Wow. Hmm. Well, we might not know 
the directors and writers <laughs> as super visible. We, we do know the cast. Tom made a mention that it's funny I even put it on the outline like we needed to, but again, for those of you not super familiar, um, it's made up of six friends for the most part. Every show, they're the main characters. So we have he did Ross. write books. Sorry. He did write books? Yes, he wrote a post-apocalyptic novel. I remembered reading about it. It drove me crazy. Ooh. Dying to Live Again. He's got several other books, too. I'm surprised they're not on his I love post-apocalyptic novels. Me, too. I may need to pick that up since I love Friends. Um, okay, so we have Ross, played by David Schwimmer. Uh, Rachel, Jennifer Aniston. Chandler is played by Matthew Perry. Monica is Courtney Cox. Joey is Matt LeBlanc. And Phoebe is Lisa Kudrow. Some of these people have gone on to be fairly successful, but I feel like the most most of them got stuck in the friends' rut. We're you not know, able to break out of it. Matthew Matt LeBlanc definitely did not get stuck in that rut. He went on to have a very successful TV show called Joey. Uh, he, in <laughs> fairness, he had a successful TV show on Showtime called Episodes. Which he I did. Really liked. He did. I was just totally mm-hmm. making fun of the show Joey. No, He's I figure one now that gives me a chuckle sometimes. Oh, the new one on uh, what channel is that? Where he's uh, a dad, um, right? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's on one of those primetime channels. Yeah, about that's a that's like a really new one, right? Really new, yeah. yeah. Like maybe only one or two seasons tops. Matthew Perry had a really good show on for a while, where he was a widower and he worked at a sports recruiting agency or something like that in treatment. Maybe it was great. I liked it. Anyway, his new show is on CBS. It's called Man with a Plan. Man with a Plan. That's it. But before we get into the episode, though, can I ask you guys who your favorite character was on the show and who your least favorite was, if you had to pick one? That's a good question. Favorite would be Chandler or Ross. Least favorite, Phoebe. Phoebe's my oh. least favorite, too. My favorite was Miss Chenin Lerbong. <laughs> and maybe Phoebe is my least favorite, although Ross really got on my nerves. Ross is my favorite. See, I feel like I really liked Ross a lot more in the later episodes, mid oh, to late episodes. Totally. By the time we got to the Christmas armadillo. <laughs> yeah. His, his, yes. character, his character took a little longer to develop. It did. Yeah, I agree. And the fajitas. I don't know. Yeah, Phoebe to me was just the most disposable Friends character. Mm-hmm. Who'd you say your favorite was? Mine, Ross. Ross, yeah. Ross was your favorite. That's right. I mean, I, I, I really like Ross, Rachel, and Monica, and even Chandler. It's Joey and Phoebe I was always mad about. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Well, we are covering four episodes, four of the Christmas episodes tonight. They're not the only Christmas episodes, but kind of kind of lead it off with these. Um, so our first one is the 1996 season three Christmas episode called The One Where Rachel Quits. Uh, plot synopsis for that one is... Ross accidentally breaks a little girl's leg and tries to help her sell boxes of cookies, which recreates Monica's childhood fixation. Rachel quits her job at Central Park, and Joey's Christmas tree selling conflicts with Phoebe's principles. Special guest star in this episode, the little girl whose leg gets broken by Ross is Mae Whitman. For those of you who watch Parenthood or that new show that's on TV. Another one I can't think of the this name. This is us. Was she on This Is Us? Oh no, um, nope, nope, nope. Never mind. It's the one with the hu- the women that are hustlers. Yeah, uh, Brandy, uh, like uh, first season. It's actually kind of good. Oh, I only watched the first episode. It had uh, Donna from Parks and Rec. Yeah, Hendrix. Oh yeah, I saw previews for that. It looked really good. Yep. So she's a guest star. Um, 
And we've got kind of the whole, they always have multiple storylines going on. So you've got Ross with the Girl Scout or the Brown Bird. And then kind of a side of that is Monica and the cookies, which harkens back to the ongoing joke about Monica being fat when she was a kid. Um, Rachel trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. And then Joey and Phoebe in the Christmas tree farm. I like Joey working the Christmas tree farm and Phoebe was just obnoxious. I would agree with that. And can I also get like an overall criticism out of the way? Yeah. So I don't know. These episodes didn't really give me many Christmas feels. The la- uh, One of them did. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like they had nice decorations and stuff in the background, but none of them really gave me like the feels, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. I was surprised at how underwhelming these were when I went back to watch them. Just as, not just as Christmas episodes, as Friends episodes, with the exception exactly. of Exactly. With the exception exactly. of one. Yeah. I, I completely agree. so many more good episodes. I, even outside of Thanksgiving, because the Thanksgivings were all amazing, but even just like normal run-of-the-mill episodes. Yeah, I was about to say, Thanksgiving is definitely their holiday. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to cover those. Guys, we need to do that one soon and get ready for yeah. Thanksgiving. That'll be a Patreon for Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. So in this one, um, Ross and Rachel are together. I know we were going to talk about that at some point, but I was reminded how much I really don't like Ross and Rachel together. <laughs> like mm-hmm. at all. Not er- Especially not early Ross and Rachel. But you wanted it through the whole time. And every time they got together, you're like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, exactly. We never, we just like Ross and Rachel never learned. (laughs) (laughs) See, like, oh, I, I'd like that. Like, they're just more unbelievable to me as a couple. Mm -hmm. Like, not even just this episode, like the whole relationship. How many times are you going to break up, get back together, break up, get back together, break up? I don't know, Mm -hmm. whatever. It, It just, in retrospect, it annoys me, but I know exactly what you mean, Tom. In the moment, you're rooting for them. And then when they get to and then when they get together, it's kind of like they're bad for one another. <laughs> although, although I'm not gonna lie, I always liked uh, their "We were on a break" running gag. I did too. I, <laughs> I did too. Yeah, it might have been worth it for that. All the times that comes up and the perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Especially those last few episodes; those are pretty funny. Oh, they yep. were. So. What do we think of the Ross breaking the little girl's leg? So he's goofing off with Chandler and he accidentally, he's, he's practicing his backswing or trying to show Chandler how to have a better backswing at squash or something like that. And he breaks this little girl's leg. So he picks up the banner and tries to sell a bunch of cookies for her because she wants to go to space camp. And she gives this super sob story about her dad. And so he tries to do that. He ends up selling cookies, which leads us into the whole Monica drug dealer cookie storyline part of it um and that it comes to resolution where he doesn't quite doesn't quite make the goal to to sell the cookies but the monica part got a little old to me it was it was like funny at first but they got a little too intense with it yeah but what really what really got me about this storyline oh sorry anthony let me just say this real quick what really got me about the storyline is um three grown adult men invite a young girl into their apartment for space camp air quotes (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, mm. this, this plot line mm. was a little broad. And also, I, I appreciated the I appreciated the gesture Ross did for her at the end. Even though, yeah, Tom, three straight men inviting her in—that's weird. But I mean, I appreciated him trying to make up for breaking her leg. But I don't know. I found it a little. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
I, I, I like, and it's weird because again, Joey and Phoebe were my least favorite characters on the show. I like the whole plot line with him selling trees and Phoebe being offended by it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Phoebe just got, gets so annoying with her attempt at being, ugh, I don't even know what she chimps to be. That, 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 so I mentioned earlier that the later seasons, I kind of felt the show went on a little too long for my liking, but I did like when they brought Mike in because it humanized Phoebe a little more for me. Yes. Yep. I loved Mike and Phoebe. I did too. Yep. I really did. So we also have Rachel. She quits her job at Central Perk because she's awful at it. Um, because Chandler and Joey say, basically, if you don't have the fear, nothing's going to happen. So you should just quit your job. So you're absolutely forced to find and do what you love. And so she quits and she freaks out about getting a new job and she ends up getting a new job at the end of the episode. Um, one of Joey's friends hires her. Um, and we kind of leave off where she's definitely not where she wants to be, but she's at least not a waitress anymore. So it's kind of equally weak for me. I mean, the whole episode in general was pretty <laughs> weak for me. Again, the decorations were pretty. I fully expect Monica to have a very nicely Christmas decorated apartment, and she did. Um, Central Park looks so pretty. This I was really a pretty Central, Central Park episode. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, so that was all great, but yeah, not, not a ton of feels. Although I did like, even though it's a blip and I'm going to argue whether it's a line of this moment or not, when Phoebe gets home, they all get her back to the apartment and they've ended up buying all of the trees that were on their way out or taking them. And the apartment is filled with the trees and she's so happy because she was worried. <laughs> I, mm, I don't know if I'd consider that one. Yeah. If, if it is, it's definitely a stretch, but I, hmm, I don't know. I didn't, I don't feel like they learned anything. No, cause they're always really good friends. They didn't have kind of that struggle throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know you had such long, long arms, Julia. Me? Cause you were really stretching for a Linus moment. No. <laughs> 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 All right. So it doesn't pass. <laughs> Um, you know what else doesn't pass? What? My awful joke. <laughs> no, I found that funny. I found that really. <laughs> oh. Well, no, any. Yeah, I didn't feel any Linus moment at all in this one. This one, Christmas just felt secondary in this whole episode. Yeah. I would argue Christmas feels secondary in a lot of these. It does. Yeah, it does. And yeah. I, I, I'm like you, Julia. I was really shocked going back and watching it and realizing how secondary Christmas felt. Because I feel yeah, like that was always was a too. thing for sitcoms, right? You always at least have one, you know, I don't know, whatever. We'll get yeah. to it. So any other points in the plot we want to cover? I'm good in terms of plot. I'm good. Any quotes that we want to share? Yes. So... When they find out Ross broke this little girl's leg, Chandler's reading the newspaper and he's like, wait a minute, it says here that Muppet got whacked on Sesame Street last night. Where exactly were you around 10, 10-ish? <laughs> they really rag on him for that. I like it when Ross is talking to the little girl and she talked about, uh, where does she say her dad wants to go? Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal. Yeah, my dad wants to go to the Taj Mahal. And he's like, oh, yeah. And she goes, no, Jersey City. He really, dad loves the slots. <laughs> that part yeah. made me laugh. <laughs> Poor girl. Yeah. I thought it was really funny when, when 
Ross was talking to Chandler about how many boxes he sold. He said, yeah, I know a week ago I was at the planetarium and as they were leaving, I sold like 50 boxes. That's when I realized what sells a lot of these munchies. After that, I started hitting NYU dorms around midnight. They call me cookie dude. (laughs) (laughs) So I like when Ross is with the brown birds and he asks the one sitting next to him, hi there. How many, uh, how many did you sell? I'm not going to tell you. You're the bad man who broke Sarah's leg. <laughs> hey, that was an accident, okay? You're a big scrud. What's a scrud? Why don't you look in the mirror, scrud? I don't have to. I could just look at you. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so worked up. Yeah, I love and- throughout the show Ross's <laughs> temper issue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I can I- relate to that. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Because you drink out of your Grinch mug. You're just from New York. That's how you people are. (laughs) I will take that as a compliment. (laughs) I did like that the cookies were Christmas themed. I thought that was a great idea. If there were a cookie, like if Girl Scouts were selling cookies around Christmas time, I'd probably buy more. I have that cookie season. Do you want to read that one? Because I was going to just mention the names of them, but why don't you read it? Oh, and these come in the shape, Ross says, and these come in the shapes of your favorite Christmas cookie, Christmas characters, Santa, Rudolph, and baby Jesus. And Joey (laughs) says, all right, I'll take a box of cream-filled Jesuses. Ross (laughs) says, wait a minute, one box? Come on, I'm trying to send a little girl to space camp. I'm putting you down for five boxes. Chandler, what about you? Uh, Do you have any coconut-flavored deities? And Ross says, no, but uh, there's coconut in the Hanukkah Menorios. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, I'll put you down for eight boxes, one for each night. <laughs> I like that. That was my favorite. That was my favorite scene. And that was more, that was more of the writing than than the acting or anything, right? I mean, that was, that was uh, Hanukkah Menorios. Yeah. I would totally buy those. <laughs> and now I just every time I hear the word Hanukkah, I hear uh, the the Puckerman singing. Hey, oh, that's really? a great song. It is a great song. I might add it to my, I might even make it to my playlist. Okay, so let's rank this episode. Tom, what do you give it? Three. Anthony? Four. I give it a three as well. So none of us were that impressed. It comes out at three and a quarter. So, so our next episode is season six, episode 10, the one with the routine. On the set of Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, Joey tries to kiss Janine at midnight, and Monica and Ross resurrect their dance routine from high school. Meanwhile, Rachel, Phoebe, and Chandler look for Monica's Christmas presents. And this guest stars Elle McPherson as Janine, who is Joey's roommate at the time. Yeah, she had a, what, three or four episode run? Yep. I liked her. I did I mean, too. I guess I kind of liked her character, but she's beautiful, so, I mean... I mean, I don't think she could act very well. No, definitely (laughs) not. (laughs) But her whole storyline for anybody unaware is basically Joey can seduce anybody and she's not seducible. (laughs) Like she's not interested. So he spends the first two or three episodes trying to figure out why his how you doing is broken when it comes to her. And this is the episode where that all turns around. So... We have Joey trying to woo Janine because Janine invites him to the filming of Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve where she was asked to be a dancer. And so he tries to take advantage of the fact that at the stroke of midnight, quote, midnight, when they count down, he'll get to kiss her. 
And it's actually one of the better Joey plans, I have to say, because he says I can try and kiss her. And if, if she gets offended, I'll just say it was midnight. That's what we're supposed to do. And if she's not offended, then yay for me. <laughs> I was always impressed by his reasoning is pretty sound. And I love the yay for me. <laughs> <laughs> so can I tell you guys a quick story relating to New Year's Eve? Yeah. yeah. So were, this you on pa- New- or were you on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve? No, but this past Christmas when we were, it was the week before, or like maybe the day after Christmas. It was before New Year's. It's still like a week, maybe a week and a half before New Year's. We are going through Times Square. We see camera crews set up. And people in the crowds wearing the 2018 glasses with banners and balloons and stuff. And they're videotaping crowd footage like a week before New Year. So, oh. we just, so we just jumped in the back of one and started, you know, yay, happy New Year. No idea. I can't believe it. Television has lied to me. I know, right? I thought all that actually happened on New Year's Eve. <laughs> uh, the one place you never want to be New Year's Eve is Times Square. Oh, yeah. You couldn't pay me monies. Nope. Did you guys watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve when you were growing up? Yes. We always watched, instead of Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, we'd watch the most dangerous animal specials they always run on the animal planet. <laughs> I don't know why, but we did. Is it New Year's why? Day? They do the Twilight Zone marathons. I like those. It is they do those, yeah. Twilight marathons. Yeah, I love That's when they fun. do that. Um, Family Guy had a really great scene where they made fun of those most deadly animals things. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was called the fast animals, slow children. He's <laughs> 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 got like this, this really overweight kid. He's like, guys, wait up. And he's like, Oh no, I spilled honey all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, um, this, the, I could not stand Monica and Ross in this episode at all. <laughs> Oh, I thought they were really funny in this episode. Oh, it drove me yeah. as being so unbelievable. I couldn't stand Rachel and Phoebe in this episode, but I liked Monica and Ross. I found them and their routine hilarious. Yeah. And yeah, they, I've always liked this that part of the episode as well. But it was more annoying watching it now than I remember it being the first few times I've seen it. But again, I would argue i didn't get many christmas feels again from this episode um, they definitely had a linus moment they had they had a it linus was, moment but i felt no they, feels for it they mocked chandler for either when, <laughs> when phoebe mockingly called him linus for telling them not to open the presents <laughs> okay linus <laughs> but i don't know i just no, no feels all i could all i did was i started laughing it's like well we can't really deny a linus moment in this one <laughs> <laughs> I do like, um, I think my favorite part of the episode is when Mo- when Monica and Ross realize that Janine is talking about Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve, and they're like all aglow <laughs> on the couch, just freaking out. I love that part. I, I love, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, I like Chandler and Rachel's comment afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the other plot line with Rachel, Phoebe, and Chandler is Chandler's home because Monica's out taping this thing and Rachel and Phoebe bust in and they're looking for Monica's presence like they do every year, but they're never able to find it. And Chandler's kind of offended. He's like, she worked really hard and we shouldn't be doing this. But 
they end up convincing him to help them look. Uh, they find them, and as they are about to look at them, Chandler, you know, is like, we can't do this because she worked so hard to find these for us, and they're probably wrapped really nice, and, and you don't want to ruin that kind of thing, and that's when Rachel goes, okay, Linus. Um, so that's the most Christmassy thing that happens in this episode, the looking for the gifts. <laughs> um, yeah. But, well, and in the very beginning, so I did like this. Um, the very, very beginning of the episode before things kick off, uh, before the opening credits, they're all decorating Monica's tree together. And so they're like throwing tinsel left and right, which made me think about y'all. And <laughs> Uh, I don't remember who said it, but they're like, I can't believe Monica's letting you help. And she's like, well, that's what Christmas is all about. All of us getting together and working, you know, working together to decorate and they all are done and they step back and they're like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like Christmas. And Monica just spins the tree around to her perfectly decorated side. And says, now it feels like Christmas. Now it feels like Christmas. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. There are times when me and Sarah decorate after she goes to bed, I switch around some of the ornaments. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> well, you know, there is a back to every tree. There is a back to every tree. We exploit that. <laughs> um so at the end of the episode, Janine doesn't get a chance or Joey and Janine don't kiss at the recording of the show, but when they get back to the apartment, Janine kind of caught on that he was interested in him. That he was interested in kissing her. And so she kisses him in the apartment. And that's kind of the start of their very brief relationship over the next episode, I think. Um, that part was pretty sweet. I always like to see Joey end up with a good situation instead of just sleeping around. And for a while, it was good <laughs> for him with her. I don't know. <laughs> I felt so bad for Joey. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the whole joey and rachel plot line in later seasons i didn't like it, it didn't me either so weird yeah i just so didn't weird. buy it but it's interesting because sarah started watching friends season eight which like is when that's st- which is when that started happening and she because it was her first season of friends she bought them together without the, all the history so i found that hmm. interesting oh that's funny yeah that's really funny. That's funny. Okay, so any other plot points we want to cover before we get into favorite quotes? Nope. I'm no, ready for quotes. I. Okay, I'm ready for quotes too. You want to go first, Anthony? Sure. So you mentioned, uh, you know, Joey's plan to kiss Janine. And mm-hmm. when he's telling uh, his friends about it at the coffee shop, Rachel admits, well, that's a lot better than Ross trying to kiss me in high school and saying that he did it because he needed chapstick. And Ross is just like, it was a dry day. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought it was funny when Elle McPherson tried to give the name of the uh, the event, and she tells him, "I'm going to be a dancer on a TV special for New Year's Eve. It's called some sort of Dickin' Rockin' Dicky Eve." <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. I'm going to pick up from there. And that's when Monica and Ross start bouncing around looking at each other. And they're like, you mean Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve? And she said, that's what I said. But I like when Janine invites them. And so they're super excited. And and Monica goes, we are going to Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. And Ross goes, oh, my God. And Monica pauses and she goes, oh, my God. And then you see Chandler look at Rachel and he goes, oh, my God. And 
And and then Rachel laughs and Chandler says, what are you laughing at? And Rachel said, well, I used to date him, but you're still going out with her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that laugh looked genuine, too. I always wonder when they were filming it, if they actually laughed at stuff. And we know they did because of a lot of the bloopers, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like some of her laughs look real. And I don't know how they couldn't be with some of the funny stuff that happened on set. I like when Ross made a bad joke. The stage manager said, when is this going to air? And the stage manager just goes, let's start. And Joey says, hey, Ross, when is this going to air? (laughs) (laughs) So to just continue with that theme of Monica and Ross being really enthusiastic about being on TV during that special New Year's Eve, when it looks like they're not going to be on camera, Monica says, man, this sucks. You know, if mom and dad don't see us on TV after we made them so jealous, I mean, who's going to be the losers then? <laughs> I liked when Joey got into the, the tiff with the tall guy who was married and still trying to hit on Elle McPherson. And in the bathroom, he just, <laughs> he takes water in his hand and throws it on the guy's cross. <laughs> and then, uh, the guy's like, the tall guy says, what, what are you in second grade? And Joey says, hey, you're the one wetting your pants. And then later when the guy comes out to confront Joey, Joey's like, oh, I know you said we get excited, but this guy peed his pants. He's <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? And kicks him out. I like when Ross is wondering if they should tweak the routine a little bit. And Monica's like, I don't know. She's like, Ross, we better stick to the routine. We don't want to look stupid. <laughs> So one of the things I really like about Ross is he, David Trimmer plays the whole boring scientist paleontologist really well, like boring his friends to death. So I love the scene in Central Perk where he's in the middle of the story and he's like, and that's the story of the dreidel. Now some people trace the Christmas tree back to the Egyptians and he goes on for a few more sentences and then he he finishes and that was like 4,000 years ago and Rachel says so pretty much around the same time that you started telling this story (laughs) (laughs) I felt bad for Ross there because um, more than one occasion I've been that guy and my wife has been Rachel (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) that's funny more than once I have one more and it's when they're looking for gifts and Chandler comes in and Rachel and Phoebe have found a bunch. And uh, Rachel's like, yeah, we found them. They were in the guest room closet behind some coats. And Phoebe says, yeah, you have nothing to worry about because they're all crap. <laughs> and Chandler says, those are my gifts. I got them for you. And Phoebe says, oh, thanks, Chandler. They're great. And Rachel's like, well, Chandler, what is this very weird metal AZ thing? And Chandler's like, those are bookends. They're a great gift. And Phoebe says, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Thank you for my ass. <laughs> I liked it later when they found a, the Macy's bag, the big Macy's bag. And um, <laughs> yeah. they pull it out and they, they uh, uh, Phoebe, uh, Rachel reads a note attached to a shoe. She said, dear losers, do you really think I, I, I would hide presents under the couch? P.S. Chandler, I knew they'd break you. <laughs> <laughs> then Phoebe says, uh-oh, I think she may be on to us. All right, so let's rank this episode. Tom, what do you give it? I give it a four and a half. Oh, Anthony? Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a half too, actually. I'm giving it a four. That gives us a four and a third. So this is our top one right now. Not for long. Not for long, because next (laughs) up is the year 2000, 
which was season seven, episode 10, the holiday armadillo. The worst episode. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh my, <laughs> my heart dropped. <laughs> so for the synopsis, um, Ross wants to introduce Ben to Hanukkah, as they kept saying. Did you notice he kept saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hanukkah. Yeah. So Ross wants to introduce Ben to Hanukkah. In order to entice Rachel to move back into their refurbished apartment, Phoebe must drive a wedge between Rachel and current roomie Joey. (laughs) (laughs) So this one, I love the look of this one. It it looked very Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we've got... um... We've got Ross gets Ben for the holidays and he's excited about it. So you can tell it's been a while since he's had him over Christmas and um, he wants to introduce Ben more to Hanukkah because they're Jewish. And so hijinks ensue for that. The other storyline is that Phoebe and Rachel have been living, were living together. There was a fire at Phoebe's apartment, so they had to renovate it. So Rachel's been living with Joey and Phoebe's been living. I don't remember where Phoebe's living. And well, the apartment's done and Phoebe kind of gets wind that Rachel might not want to move out of living with Joey because she's having so much fun and Phoebe gets her feelings hurt a little bit because she thinks Rachel won't want to move back in with her. Um, So she starts to drive a wedge between them. She buys Joey a drum set thinking that will kick Rachel out because it'll be loud and annoying. And then she buys a tarantula for Joey. And it turns out Rachel actually loves tarantulas. (laughs) Um, So they finally, Joey does not. Joey's Joey's a little (laughs) Just looking at it, he's like, he's like, is it crawling on me? I feel like it's crawling on me while he's looking at it in the cage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would be like that too. Uh, you um, and me both. <laughs> <sighs> so this is definitely the secondary story. So the way this one resolves is that um, Rachel's like, something weird's going on here, Phoebe. And Phoebe's like, I'm afraid you won't want to live with me again. But Rachel's like, of course I want to live with you. So they go look at Phoebe's apartment. It's all done. And it turns out instead of a two-bedroom apartment anymore, they've torn, torn a wall down and it's now a one-bedroom apartment. And Phoebe's pretty darn excited about all of the space and the renovations. So um, Rachel ends up continuing to live with Joey. Um, so the better part of the story, what? How would Phoebe afford the apartment that big? I, I was thinking the same thing. I was I mean, like, like, you know, the only reason they were able to afford their apartment, uh, Rachel and... and, and uh, Monica, was because it was rent-controlled from her grandmother. Well, but Phoebe's grandmother lived there as well. But she... The, the landlord took it back over, though. So it wouldn't oh. be rent-controlled anymore. Oh. You know, I, I can assure you a, a landlord would not renovate an apartment while still under rent control or do anything to keep anybody, to encourage people to stay. That gotcha. is 100% true. Plot hole. I feel like money is a, a plot bigger... hole on a lot of these episodes, really. Yeah, it is. I feel Especially like money is a plot the... hole in every New York show or big city yeah. show. Yeah. So I think all of our favorites part, favorite parts of this episode have to do with Ross and the holiday armadillos. So Ross tries to talk to Ben about Hanukkah and Ben's not feeling it. Ben is a lot more excited about the Santa part. So Ross goes to a costume shop to try and get a Santa suit and they're all out. So he basically says, well, give me something else comparable. And the next scene you see him knocking on the door, dress up in this armadillo outfit. <laughs> and Visually speaking, it's hilarious, this suit. And disgusting. 
and pretty. De- it's got the little hairs on it and everything. <laughs> it's pretty detailed. Um, it's- <laughs> where the hair is poking out below the waist is really vulgar. I don't even think I noticed that. <laughs> Gross. So Monica's surprised to see. <laughs> oh, that's a third plot line. Plot line I didn't even talk about. So rewind real fast. We also have this third teeny tiny plot line where Chandler's taking Monica out for a special night to celebrate their first Christmas as a betrothed couple. And the whole thing is them trying to get to their restaurant reservation and he tries to slip the mater d' money and he's awful at it. He's terrible at it. So that's just the ongoing gag. There's not much to that storyline. So Ross shows up as the armadillo. He tells Ben he's the holiday armadillo. Santa's representative from the southern states and Mexico and (laughs) proceeds to bring in presents and tries to break in and talk about Hanukkah as the holiday armadillo because apparently this armadillo is Jewish. And we have, um, he's starting to kind of get Ben excited about Hanukkah when Chandler shows up dressed up as Santa (laughs) And then after that, Joey shows up dressed up as Superman. So with Santa there, obviously Ben's not interested in Hanukkah. He just wants Santa stuff. And so it comes together where Chandler ends up sitting down on the couch with Ben and wants to learn about Hanukkah as well. So Ross gets to tell Ben all, of, all about it. Ben's genuinely excited about it at the end of the episode. and um, Funny stuffs, very funny stuffs. So do we want to jump right to quotes? Yes, please. Yeah, that's all the funny stuff. Okay, you want to go first, Anthony? Sure. Uh, So when Ross is already there, it's a holiday armadillo. And then Chandler comes through the door, ho, ho, ho. And Ben runs over to him really excited. And Ross is like, what are you doing here, Santa? And Chandler says, well, I'm here to see my old buddy, Ben. What are you doing here, weird turtle man? (laughs) And and Ross says, I'm the holiday armadillo, your part Jewish friend. You sent me here to give Ben some presents, remember? And Chandler just looks at him, leans forward a little bit. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chandler is on point in this episode. He really is. He usually is. He is, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he usually is. I found Ben really obnoxious. I've I, in, in the whole show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I never liked Ben, and I loved when Emma was born. Ross basically forgot he had a son. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> never heard from Ben again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like that Phoebe brought over a random skull. Yeah, <laughs> she put stuff in front of her holiday tradition, <laughs> and uh, Ross is like, "Oh, I think I want to teach. I want to take this here to teach." Ben all about Hanukkah and he was like, Ooh, and maybe I could teach Ben about the Christmas skull, this Christmas skull and how people die. And Rachel says, you may need to teach to use this year to teach Ben about Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> so I like when Ben asks Santa, cause Santa just got there. He goes, um, did you bring me presents, Santa? And Chandler goes, of course, Ben, put her there and holds his hand out to try and slip him some money. And the fingers, <laughs> it just fell through his fingers onto the ground. He goes, well, it would have worked that time if his hands weren't damn small. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> just weird by itself. 
<laughs> so, so I like um, the end of the episode when Rouse finishes telling the story and they're going to light the menorah. Chandler says, oh no, this is after Joey came in too and he's Superman. Chandler says, my favorite part was when Superman flew all the Jews out of Egypt. And Ross says, the armadillo is actually not so thrilled about that part. Okay, Ben, it's time to go light the Hanukkah candles. And then Rachel and Phoebe walk in and, you know, Ross says, come on over. We're about to light the menorah. Rachel makes a comment. Wow, it looks like the Easter Bunny's funeral in here. And Phoebe says, okay, I can understand why Superman is here, but why is there a porcupine at the Easter Bunny's funeral? (laughs) <laughs> all right you just took my my last two quotes so i'm out oh, <laughs> oh i'm sorry that one. i like um i like when chandler says but i didn't get to shake my belly like a bowl full of jelly uh, I, did like, oh. I did like when chandler and monica okay i lied i like when chandler and monica are standing there and chandler's wearing the outfit and she says hey you think you keep that another night Chandler says, Santa, really? And she says, yeah, is that okay with you? And Chandler's like, did your dad ever dress up like Santa? And she says, no. And he said, then it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I like when Ross goes to rent the Santa costume and it's in a Halloween costume shop. And then he walks in. The sales... The sales... (laughs) (laughs) The salesman is like, hello, sir. You're here to return those pants? (laughs) And Ross says, No. These are my pens. And the salesman is like, oh, okay. How can I help you? <laughs> oh, I love that part. And I, and I do have one more as well. And it's when, after Chandler arrives at Santa, Monica says, okay, Ben, why don't you come open some more presents? And Santa, the armadillo, and I have a little talk in the kitchen. There's a sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more. So it's when the armadillo is wanting Santa to leave so he can teach Ben about Hanukkah. And Ben goes, why does Santa have to go? And Santa goes, because if Santa and the armadillo are ever in the same room too long, the universe will implode. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chandler, what a parent he'll make. So not only did this one look great, I mean, it was very aesthetically pleasing. Um, we had Santa in it, so it felt very. This one felt the most Christmas to me out of all of them, between Santa and the armadillo. Um, yep, yep, absolutely. Says Christmas, um, and I feel like it really did have Linus moments. It had a couple of them. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think at the end when um, everything else has been going on, and they all get together and and go to light the menorah, um, and they have that scene that's very Linusy. They they all get reoriented. This is what Hanukkah's all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I think it passed. What do you guys think? I pa- it passed. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. And this is my favorite Friends Christmas episode of all of them. This is one of my favorite Friends episodes, period. Me too. Oh. That's why I gave it a 10. I give it a nice. 10. I do too. Guys, this is our second <gasps> 10 we've ever done. That's exciting. This is our that second is perfect anything we've ever done. The only other thing we've ever all agreed on like that was uh, oh. Elf. Well, this is a different list, right? Oh, it is a different list. But we should. Still. We no, no, I know, but we should have. So far, listeners, like the, our other TV shows, this is going to just be ranked against themselves. So this one really, uh, really mm-hmm. won us over. Good job, friends. It's a great episode. Which it is pretty impressive, given the the low reviews we we unanimously gave the last two. Okay, 
So our last episode to review tonight for Friends is the 2002 Season 9 Christmas episode, the one with Christmas in Tulsa. Uh, The synopsis for this one is Chandler must spend Christmas in Tulsa where Monica thinks he might have an affair with a former Miss Oklahoma runner-up while he's there. Chandler comes home early to announce that he quit his job. That's a terrible synopsis. I apologize. So I'm just going to stay flat out that I hate clip shows. I do too. Of Me like, too. Yeah, and I can understand, like, in terms of a clip show, I can understand Christmas. You kind of reflect on your past a bit, but uh, I just don't like clip shows. They're and lazy. Th- and this was in Friends' second to last season, and at this point, they had done a million. So mm-hmm. this one annoyed me a little bit. And plus, I don't believe Monica would believe Chandler was having an affair. I don't either. So the character that she thinks he's having an affair with is actually a guest star. Selma Blair played Wendy in this episode. She's a Tolson in the show. And a harlot. And a real harlot. She's a real hussy. She's married, by the way, um, in the show. So the episode opens with Phoebe reciting the night before Christmas in theatrical fashion to Joey and – He's like, you wrote that? And she goes, yeah. (laughs) Dupes him a little bit on that. thought that was funny. Um, But like the synopsis said, Chandler, this is when he's going back and forth from New York City to Tulsa because he fell asleep during a meeting and and agreed to go to Tulsa because he fell asleep in the meeting. So he just agreed to the first thing he heard. So he's in Tulsa at Christmas time. Again, it's a clip show. So we have basically two batches of flashbacks. Um, the first batch of flashbacks are some of the earlier, well, our other Christmas episodes. Um, one of Phoebe singing a Christmas song from earlier in the seasons, one for, from an episode we covered tonight where Rachel and Phoebe are looking for gifts in Monica's how in Monica and Chandler's apartment. And then we have Joey and Chandler when they bought the Christmas gifts at the convenience store. Um, which was an earlier episode as well. And then a clip from the Holiday Armadillo episode. Um, So this is Chandler reminiscing about how much he misses the people he loves and past Christmases and how great they were. And so he sends everybody in the office home for Christmas Eve because he shouldn't have to stay there. And this Wendy chick stays behind. And he talks to Monica on the phone. She hears that he's there with a Wendy and she immediately starts to suspect. Like Anthony said, it's just not that believable because I don't think Chandler would do that. And I don't think Monica would jump to that conclusion either, no. especially since the majority of these episodes, she ribs on him for not being able to get women. Exactly. So when she starts having her flashbacks, which is what happens next, this took me out of Chris. I mean, I get it. She was reflecting on their relationship, but it just made the episode feel even less Christmassy to me. I thought he was having the flashbacks of the relationship. Oh, well, then he did. Well, the, yeah. I can't remember, I guess, honestly. No, you're probably, you're probably right. But whoever does, it's like we get a whole chunk of flashbacks when they're in London and hook up for the first time and in Vegas, almost getting married. And they're all funny and everything. But in a Christmas episode, I don't want reused material. I want new Christmas episodes. I don't want reused Christmas stuff. And especially I don't want reused non-Christmas stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so spoiler alert, Chandler decides to come home (laughs) 
he quits his job and he comes home to New York just in time for the Christmas festivities. And Joey says it's a Christmas miracle. As much as I don't like this episode, I think it passes the Linus test. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. He comes home, yep. quits his job, realizes he wants to be around his he friends knows and family. He knows it's yes. that the travel's not worth it for, for the job he has and he wants something else. He wants to be with his wife. And then he has that little in the tag crisis where he's trying to figure out what he actually wants to do for it. Yep. <laughs> he's a kept man. <laughs> um, and that goes on for another episode when he's trying to figure out what he wants to do. Those episodes are pretty funny when he's the intern. Remember with the, with <laughs> with the, the shoes? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty great episode too. So anything more to add for y'all? What you liked or disliked about the discussion or about the plot or lack thereof? I, it was really just, I didn't need more, uh, more rehashing. I'm with you guys. It's, it's lazy. I always feel like flashback shows are lazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, any quotes from this episode? When Chandler's on the phone with Monica and everybody like she's on speakerphone and uh, he mentions he's with Wendy, and Joey says, oh, Wendy, was she the one who was the runner-up for Miss Oklahoma? And Monica says, you're alone in the same room as the second prettiest girl in Oklahoma? Well, the second prettiest that year. If you count it now, she's probably the... Rachel just says, Chandler, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like the continuation of that quote, or maybe I came before, when Monica says, oh, you're such a good boss, in reference to him sending everyone home but her. Uh, is she pretty? And Chandler's like, uh, and Ross is like, answer faster, answer faster. And Chandler's like, I don't know. And Ross is like, answer better, answer better. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, because since this is a big Monica and Chandler relationship heavy episode, mm-hmm. since I brought up Ross, I love the wedding episode, the beginning of it, when Ross has a brother talk with Chandler and he's like, I'm talking to you right now as Monica's brother, okay? Not your friend. If you ever hurt my sister, if you ever threaten her in any way, I will hunt you down and kick your... And Chandler just laughs at him. And Ross is like, I'm serious! And And Chandler's like, okay, okay. Are you back to being my friend now? And Ross is like, yes. And Chandler's like, you won't believe what Monica's brother just told me. <laughs> yeah, this has like, oh, I don't know. These episodes just make me want some of the other ones so much more. Even Christmas aside, like the Unagi episode. Oh, the Unagi episode. Gosh, I'm doing it again Ross is such a dork. When Ross asks the trainer to uh, how to attack girls from behind. <laughs> Is so, so he's good. so funny and awkward. I just I love him. <laughs> I really do. The tanning episode. Oh, the tanning. Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> I just just watching him in that tanning booth, <laughs> trying to follow the rules like Ross always does. Mississippilously. <laughs> use that one. Mississippilously. <laughs> okay. Any other quotes from? This oh yeah. One? <laughs> yeah. I like it when he's trying to be nice to Wendy after she, you know, attempts to be a harlot. And he says to her, you're a great person. Him stealing an adultery aside. (laughs) (laughs) I like after she tries to seduce him, Chandler says, wait a minute. Am I sexy in Oklahoma? (laughs) (laughs) I knew as soon as they said that, that is going to be Anthony's first out of the (laughs) game. 
that's so funny. I have another one. Go yeah, go ahead. I have um, none from this one. It's a it's a flashback to when Monica and Chandler first get together, and Monica they're in bed, and Monica says, "We're gonna see each other naked." Chandler's like, "Yep." Monica's like, "Do you want to do it at the same time?" They count to three, and both lift up the covers, and then come out like with like, these really <laughs> awkward grins on their faces. And Chandler replies, "Well, I think it's safe to say that our friendship is effectively ruined." And Monica's like, "Eh, we weren't that close anyway." <laughs> I just I just saw that I was like really cute like yeah i felt like that seemed very genuine like what friends might you know joke i thought about i thought that line together was, yeah that line was hilarious eh, we weren't that close anyway <laughs> so while i didn't like ross and rachel when they got together i always like monica and chandler oh too. yeah yeah I and chandler wasn't the intended one for monica this is be joey wasn't it it was supposed to be joey Oof. and what happened was chandler when they hooked up chandler and monica in london it was only supposed to be a one-night stand, but then they realized the audience reaction to it and they decided to keep yeah. it going. Which is, which is funny to me because even in earlier seasons, there, if you go back and watch it with hindsight, knowing they get together, there are hints of it there. Mm-hmm. So to follow your quote up, I actually do have a quote, even though I really wasn't counting quotes from the flashbacks because mm-hmm. I feel like it's unfair to attribute that to this episode. True. <laughs> like writing cocktails. But I like, uh, so before they when they jump in bed and they start to take their clothes off and Monica after Chandler like strips like super fast and Monica looks at him. She goes, wow, you're fast. And he said, it bodes well for me if speed impresses you. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't catch that. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) I I have one more and some flashback and it's uh, when they're getting about to get married in Vegas or so they think, and they're looking for something old, something new, something bar, something blue. And Monica said, wait, wait, we need something old. And Chandler's like, oh, okay. I have a condom in my wallet that I haven't, I've had since I was 12. And Monica says, that'll work. And Chandler's like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good episode. It was. This makes me want to watch all of the other ones. Um, okay, Literally, well, me and Sarah just rotate between Friends and The Office on Netflix half the time. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Any other quotes from anybody? Nope. Okay, let's rank this sucker. Tom, what do you give it? Two. I'm going to give it a one and a half. So I give it a one. one point, that comes in at an average of 1.5. Yep. We're pretty consistent on these guys. We are. Yeah. We are all pretty much in agreement. I mean, really, the furthest we've been apart is one, and that's not usual for us. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> Um, well, we sort of dropped hints that Christmas would not be the last time we discussed friends. Um, we're going to do some friends Thanksgiving episodes as well, but on our Patreon, Tom, do you want to talk a little bit about what Patreon is? Patreon is a great way for you to support what we're doing and help us make our podcast even better with just, uh, as little as a dollar a month, you get bonus, you get access to bonus credit and we're able to do things like buy new swag that we can then um, offer and send to you. So for a dollar, you get all of our back content, which includes some uh, really fun stuff like our episode of Clue, our Halloween episode. We talked today, we're going to have another Friends episode for our patrons later this year. We're going to cover all of the Thanksgiving episodes, which let's face it, that's where Friends shined. We're working on a, our first comic book episode and... Christmas commercials. Christmas commercials. Two of Christmas commercials, one for the U.S. and one for the U.K. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, we've got the Christmas that every parent dreads, our story from that, as well as the stories from our spouses. So you'll get to hear them for the first time on the podcast. Um, and that will be on Patreon as well, right? And, and for that episode, yeah. we're encouraging you, we want you guys to send in audio clips of you telling us your stories from that worst Christmas in your life, from your childhood that every child goes through. And we set up a special email address you can send them to, and that's stories at tissapodcast.com. And um, I don't think we mentioned it in last week's episode, but we're giving you guys a month to send them in. So, and do we have more information on what we're looking for on our social medias, maybe? A little more explanation of what we mean when we talk about that. You know what? Let's just take a second and pause. If you have young children with you, Go ahead and pause the episode right now. We'll give you a couple seconds. We'll, we can play some music here to give them yeah. a few seconds. Yeah. Monica, Monica, have a happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Saw Santa Claus, he said hello to Ross. <laughs> and please tell Joey, Christmas will be snow. So what we're talking about is that dreaded time where each of us learned the fact that Santa Claus is not quite what we thought. And we want to hear from you what that was like for you or um, your kids or, you know, a story close to you that that fits that uh, general theme. And we think it would be really cool to get it in audio version so we can play them all during the episode. Because again, we're all going to tell our stories and our spouses are going to tell their stories and... I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a cathartic, therapeutic episode. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Well, as much as I can look forward to something like that. I think it, I think the it could has the potential to be fun, even though it's sad. I do too. <laughs> All right, guys. So next week, we want you to meet us back here, same time, same place, because we're going to talk about Pete's Christmas. We're getting back into the Hallmark movie land. Um, we already have some dividing opinions on this one prior to ranking it, so I'm kind of excited to discuss it next week. I'm dreading it. I'm oh. excited to get back to the realm of movies from our TV land and getting back to our list. Yes. I've missed that a bit, too. It's been fun, though. We're going to have to check that list before we do this just to remind ourselves, maybe even check it twice. Um, and find out which films have been naughty and which have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening to this episode on the day we drop it, we have some exciting news to get you into the Christmas spirit even more. There are only 212 days until Christmas. 30 weeks. Yay. These numbers are getting smaller. That makes me happy. Bye, guys. That's what she said in that. (laughs) Just a shaking head? No? No, that's what she said? All right. (laughs) On that note, I'm out. Later. Bye. No one told me.